How many have ever had days that you just felt like, yes, please, um, Lord, maybe I need to go back to bed and start over? <laughs> I always tell people, they say, Pastor, I'm really having a hard time, and I'll go, well, God is always good, and God is always right, and it's on, but the battery's dying. Oh, did it come back up? It was turned on, but it showed an orange light. They can hear me without it, though, I know. Maybe not over the Internet. But uh, I just had one of those days. I've had a couple things happen. And you turn around and you get a little bit frustrated. And my wife and I, because of it, she, we've had to laugh with each other a couple times today because she helps keep me as close to normal as I can get. You know how that is? You know, I think I've cut my... I had to finish cutting up you say, well, you got a deer. I said, yeah, but I didn't get the deer. My wife hit a deer. I'm coming out of the woods Saturday. I think I told you Sunday morning. Saturday night at 5 o'clock, I get a phone call from Judy and the car that I had bought to help somebody put $2,500 in to help fix it up so it's nice and stuff, and my wife's driving it. We were supposed to put it away. We we're going to store it for the winter, but we we're trying to be nice to Becca Maxim, so we left it out long enough so she'd have the car to drive when she came in. And so we didn't put it up a week ago Sunday. We were going to do it this past Sunday. What happens? Five o'clock Saturday night, a deer decides to uh, change our plans with putting it away. Okay? So that's okay. So now I'm doing it today, and I think I cut myself three times cutting up the deer. Just little nicks. All right, then that's it. So then I'm rushing around making sure that I have time enough to come over, get my head together, or had the message ready. And as I go to get into the car, a button falls off my gray sport coat that looked very good with these pants. <laughs> Pastor Kinney said, your clothing looks kind of busy tonight, preacher. <laughs> so I only had just a couple colors. So... so I turn around and I, I called Judy. I was driving. She says, that didn't take long. You, you're only five minutes out of the driveway. You're already calling me. She said, you bring a needle and thread and sew the jacket. I get to church and I can't find my keys to get in the building. And Pastor Caleb was always here by about noon or earlier on Wednesdays. But he was waiting for the friends, so he wasn't here. So I sat in the parking lot trying to go, or go over. The message was in my office. And so I'm trying to go over stuff and I can't, you know, you know, I'll preach something different. So I get that all ready, mark it out in my Bible. I call her, says, could you bring me my keys? I'm locked out of the building. She can't find them. So I drive back home. I said, I'll change out the jacket. I don't care. <laughs> so I change out the jacket. She can't find the keys. I go, Lord, please, please, Lord. Help me find the keys. And I reach into my pocket, and they were there all the time. <laughs> you know how sometimes you want to say, you, you. he who sits in the heavens shall laugh, all right? So that's just the way that kind of worked today. But, you know, God is always good, and I tell you this all the time. God is always good. God is always right. We just don't always understand. Okay. So with that, my weird sense of humor... I'm going to give you a couple of things to make you smile. 
And Susie and Anne were having coffee together, and Anne was very depressed. And Susie said, what's wrong, hon? She says, I was married four times in five years, and every one of my husbands passed away. Susie said, what'd they do for a living? She says, well, my first husband was a millionaire. My second was an actor. The third was an evangelist, and the fourth was a mortician. Susie, with a sly grin, said, oh, I see. One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. <laughs> this next joke is because I want you to realize, be very careful. Mike Viscom holds up a seven. At least it wasn't a four, brother. All right. You know how you don't think people are watching your reactions or your responses? An elderly man who was new to El Paso was being tailgated by a stressed-out woman on the North Mesa. Suddenly, a light turned yellow just in front of him. He did the right thing, stopping at the crosswalk, even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman hit the roof and the horn, screaming in frustration as she missed her chance to make it through the intersection. As she was still in mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window and looked up into the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit the car with her hands up. He took her into the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and then placed in a holding cell. After a couple hours, the desk sergeant approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk where the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, I'm very sorry for the mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, making bad gestures towards the guy in front of you, cussing like a blue streak, and then I noticed a choose-for-life license plate holder in what-would-Jesus-do bumper sticker, a follow-me-to-Sunday-school bumper sticker, and a chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. So naturally, I assumed you'd stolen the car. So yeah, I got an eight for that one. All right. So now that's just the way that works, people. You know, laughter is like a medicine. Amen. Okay, open your Bibles to Psalm 89. Psalm 89. Pastor Kinney says, are you going to finish this up? And I said, I've got one more week after tonight. And I've been doing, repeating a series of messages preached quite a while ago on things God can't do. And week one, that was back on uh, October 26th, was God can't lie. We looked at verses for that. God can't be given a problem he can't handle. Verses for that. Okay, and we just we looked at some subpoints with that. The second week, God can't forget you. God can't leave you, and God can't stop loving you. The third week, God can't be second in your life. God can't be likened unto anything else. God can't give his glory to another. God can't be equaled. God can't be surpassed. And God can't be shut out. So tonight... Psalm 89, let me get there, starting at verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. The heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord. 
thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee or to thy faithfulness round about thee? And tonight, the first thing I want you to see is that God can't be matched. God can't be matched. So many times, um, trying to help somebody and they're lonely, they're having a problem, and they, they are trying to find someone to be important in their life. And he said, Preacher, you don't know how many people lie about being a Christian. Okay. Do you know that if you believe that there is a God in America, well, you're a Christian. If you believe that Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again the third day, you're a Christian. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, even though you don't believe He is God the Son, they still call you a Christian. You need to realize we have a God who cannot be matched with any other Jesus. Amen? And you can't lose sight of that. He can't be matched. We're heading into the Christmas season. Okay, Thanksgiving is over. I always laughed at because we wait until after Thanksgiving. Our, our, you know, you, if you don't have one and you're against Christmas trees, praise God for your convictions. It's not mine. All right? I'm just letting you know that. And uh, I don't worship the Christmas tree. I like the lights. It helps me for not stubbing my toes in the dark. It's there all the time. And besides that, I get a special German pastry that my wife makes called Icebox Cake. It's a special fudge sauce with graham crackers and you sometimes with nuts on top and vanilla ice cream. And you know the time she lets me have it? Decorate the tree. Maybe Christmas Eve, something like that, because she's trying to take care of my health. So I like the Christmas tree. Okay, I like the lights. It's pretty. Okay, I, I don't dance around it. I don't worship it. Okay, and so I want you to understand that. I understand also that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Okay? But you don't know the exact day he was born. So I'm just going to choose to celebrate his birth. And when my kids were growing up, and even when we'd go to my mom's house, I am from a big family, plain and simple. And Christmas Eve, when my mom was alive at my, my mom's house, there'd be between 80 and 100 people there. Because she got to see, she had eight children. And then she had grandchildren. And then great-grandchildren. And then great-great-grandchildren. And even great-great-great-great-grandchildren. And we'd all come for Christmas Eve. And Judy and I decided after we got saved, because I was raised staunch French Roman Catholic. Probably vous Francais? Mm-hmm. Okay. We decided to make Jesus a birthday cake. 
and celebrate Christmas Eve when they all came together to do things, you know, our traditions in the home, we would have a, a, a Jesus birthday cake. And I had a niece who got all upset and went to her mother, who went to my grandmother and complained. And my mother was saved. My family, my sisters are now. They weren't then. And she said, Uncle Brian's ruining Christmas with a birthday cake for Jesus. And my mother looked at her and says, you poor little child. You don't have to eat any, honey. I'll eat your piece. <laughs> you say, why I say that? Because for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. I'm looking for that day. Amen. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's not only called the Mighty God here, he's called Almighty in Revelation. All right? The Prince of Peace. And of the government, of his government, the increase of his government in peace there shall be no end, and upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. <coughs> I have a God who can't be matched. If you're saved, you need to tell a lost world that your God is better than their God. And that even though they try to deny Him one day, they will answer to Him. And if they're willing to come to Him, my God said, all those who come unto Me, I will in no wise cast out. You say, why is it important? As we look, as we start going into, into December, do you know that the highest rate of suicide is in December and leading up to the Christmas and New Year's holiday. The one answer they need is the one that we have because our God can't be matched. I always carry tracks with them, you know, with me. I give out Christmas tracks. I keep, there's one of them, it's a Christmas track that I give out year round from Fellowship Track League. Okay, the greatest gift. All right? So I want you to remember that. He can't be matched. Don't forget that. Secondly, don't try to figure him out. <laughs> How many adults here have ever been frustrated because their child asked them multiple times, Why? Why, Mommy? Why, Daddy? My kids, when they weren't old enough to understand, so they weren't 21 yet, okay? <laughs> I'd say, because I said so. All right? When a child asks you, and you can't comprehend what you're basing the decisions on, they're not going to understand. It's just plain and simple. And it's normal for them to ask why. It is. And they're not being bad when they ask why. And you know what? Many times in prayers, you know what we ask God? Why? Go to Ecclesiastes chapter four, or chapter eleven.
Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. As thou knowest not what is the way of, of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether, whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Now go to Isaiah 55, which is the verse you thought I was going to go to to start with this. Isaiah 55. See, God can't be figured out. If you think you've got God figured out, then that means you're smarter than Him. So you're just like a lost person. You don't have Almighty God as your God. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from the heaven and returneth thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth bud and that it may give seed and to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall be accomplished that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God can't be figured out. My son-in-law took a stand this week for the truth. And in the world, he got beat up. He's an, you know, he was an elite-level gymnastics coach. He was asked or told to lie about something at work, about another person, and he said, I will not do it. So he's not a team player. He's no longer a coach in that gym. And when I talked to him, I said, you're not responsible for the outcome of what God tells you to do. You're responsible for the obedience. And I'm proud of you. He was let go yesterday. He has a job not in that profession for equal money today. He applied yesterday. They interviewed him today, offered him the job. Does that always happen every time? No. Sometimes God tells you to wait. Sometimes God says, I want to try you to see if you truly believe me. Sometimes he says, my grace is sufficient for thee. You can't figure him out. We're required to obey just like a child is. And generally, if a parent loves the child, they're telling them to obey, to teach them what is best, and to protect them from that which is harmful. 
Don't spend your time trying to figure out God. Spend your time trying to be able to hear God from his word. Amen? Okay. What is he telling us? If you're willing to obey that, then only God's responsible for that. Used to be the rule, if I told my kids to do something and it turned out bad, you know whose fault it was? Mine. There's one thing about it, though. God is always good and God is always right. So it may seem bad for a while, but until you get through things, you may not know how God was going to use that. Okay? My third one with this is that God's plan for me can't be bad. Can't be bad. Jeremiah, I won't make your turn there, but in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. They can't be bad. Our God gets blamed for so many things that are based off the free will of others. I've had some, multiple times people say, why did God allow that? If God was a loving God, if God was holy and God was just and God was right, He never would have allowed that to take place. And then I asked them about their free will choices. And what has God allowed them to do? Now, he'll show you the good and right way. If you're his child, he'll chasten you. But love is always conditioned by choice. Not by emotions, but by choice. And God chooses to love us, and our actions show whether we choose to love him. His plan cannot be bad. Just give it a little more time. How many of you ever had God keep you from something? You, didn't, you wanted to be able to do it, you were going to do it, and then afterwards you said, thank God that didn't happen. Right? Be careful of the quick choices you make in reaction. Right? Instead of waiting on him in that. For they that wait upon the Lord shall what? They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Okay? One more. Don't you like that when preachers say it? You know he's lying. Okay. Ephesians chapter 3. I'll give you one from the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You know what God can't be? He can't be insufficient. He can't be. 
He's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we ask or think. He can't be insufficient. You know what? God can't ask you to do something that He won't enable you to be able to accomplish it. We get fearful about what may happen. That's why the Christian walk is a walk of faith. Amen? My God's bigger than their God. Amen? Turn to Philippians chapter 2. Just two pages in my Oxford Bible. You ready? Verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved... I, don't you like that when you're called beloved? You're accepted in the beloved. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed... <laughs> Please, Lord, I know that's not true of me. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Why? For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So you've got to remember, He's the one who works. He's the one who works. You know what's neat about that? How many of you ever start something, you get distracted, and you forget to finish it? That doesn't happen with God. It doesn't happen with Him. You know why that's important? Because He that has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He's just not finished with us believers. And the day he is, is the day we're going to see him face to face. Amen? With that said, go forth and conquer. All God's people said, amen. Good night and God bless.